you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have the uh, we have Caroline Lewis, who is the associate professor of preaching at Lutheran Seminary. Uh, Caroline, thanks for being on. Oh, great to be here! Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, what? Uh, what? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know who you are, where you're from, what you do, that kind of thing. All right, sure. Well, uh, as you said, I teach at Luther Seminary in Saint Paul, uh, Minnesota. I've been here eleven years also a graduate of Luther Seminary, so lifelong Lutheran. Uh, but as I like to say, uh, I'm a California Lutheran. I was born and raised in California. And so it's a little bit, uh, Lutheranism is a little bit different than it is here in the Lutheran Mecca of the Midwest. But uh, so I, I, um, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, different in that way. But um, grew up in California, a preacher's kid, swore I'd never marry a pastor or be a pastor. And of course, you know, both things happened. Uh, and uh, got my MDiv from Luther and then uh, did my uh, PhD down in Emory, uh, in John and in preaching. And uh, got a couple of uh, kids, two boys, 17 and 19. One's in uh, college and one is thinking about it, I hope. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then I've been now here at Luther for 11 years. And uh, teach the beginning preaching classes, uh, I do a little bit with um, some other electives, and then uh, I uh, oversee the workingpreacher.org uh, website and also program director for the Festival of Homiletics. So I uh, do a lot of different kinds of uh, preaching things, and it's I'm having a blast. It's fun. Yeah. No, that's super fun. Um... I, I love having you on because I, I love, I frankly love preaching. Oh. Uh, and so to have somebody on that, that's your wheelhouse. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Nerd out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're involved in a lot and that's, uh, that's amazing. That's so much fun. Um, so what, what's uh, just starting with the, the teaching, preaching yeah. part there at Luther. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that process and taking young preachers and and people who are learning right to go and do do this for a profession or just uh um you know what is what it is we do as pastors and and public figures uh what's what's your what's your favorite thing about that do you have a favorite thing about that yeah i think uh i think two things probably my first favorite thing about teaching preaching is uh, well, maybe back up a little bit. Uh, in my former life, I was a violin performance major, oh. and that's what I was going to do. And then I don't know, the spirit did something, and and here I am. Uh, but for me, uh, a text doesn't have its full like life or embodiment unless it's preached, much like a musical piece. So you know, when I play the violin, you know, you practice, 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 but a piece doesn't really have its full, you know. Uh, existence <laughs> until it's actually performed and that interpretation is performed in a in a time and a space and uh, in a particular moment 
that you can't replicate. And so that's, uh, that's what I love about preaching is that it's an interpretation of a text, you know, for a particular time, place, uh, people and purpose that you can never, uh, that you can never get back. Uh, it's an event. Preaching is an event. And, uh, and so this, you know, this whole community comes together uh, to experience, you know, the embodied reincarnated word of God. And uh, I think that's, um, and there'll be never an, another moment like it. I think that's, um, I find that to be remarkable. And that's why I teach preaching and not um, New Testament. I mean, I can teach New Testament. If this whole preaching thing doesn't work out, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to New Testament, but, uh, I was never quite satisfied with an interpretation of a text that just stayed on a piece of paper. Um, that how does it, you know, the preacher embody that. So that's where I, that's where I start with preaching is this recognizing that they're having the students recognize that they're um, that's what they're entering into this performance of the word uh, that uh, that that they have crafted that they have interpreted for their congregation uh, and uh, what a remarkable experience that is each and every week so I take um, I take the incarnation really seriously uh, and then that also means I take each and every preacher and their individuality really seriously you know my goal is not to have these like cookie cutter preachers that all sound the same and all say the same things, but really how is it that I can help a preacher live into her, uh, her own unique identity um, and embodiment as a preacher. So that, that's what I love about teaching preaching and kind of watching them um, discover that over the, over the weeks. Uh, granted there's still more to come, but it's uh, it's a really it's a really satisfying and fun experience to watch that process, and they get to the end of the semester and they begin to have a sense of their own voice. Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, I do truly because I think that cookie cutter preaching just doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't work, right? And no. and so for for to to go and sit in a class and have your professor of preaching go, hey, be you. Yes. Be you, right? Um, you know, it, it takes so many pastors uh, years to find yeah. that. And, well, and so to start there is great. That's right, because part of, part of the challenge is that they come in and they will imitate whom they've, you know, watched and seen and known, and they think that that's the way they should be. Right. And so, but that's not them. And so... Uh, it, to give them the space and the permission to, you know, to be uh, in their own personhood and their own identity and their own authentic voice. That's, that's just where, and it's not just like, and I don't just say that because, oh, be authentic, you know, uh, but, uh, but it's, it, it, what's at stake, I think, is the incarnation that God committed God's self to a particular um, time and place and person in Jesus. And so therefore God is uh, committed to each and every one of us in the same way. So it's, um, it, 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 it eliminates a little bit of the pressure, I think for them too. Like it, there's not, there's not a, a, a particular image or, or person that they have to mimic or live up to. They just have to 
you just have to be you. Just be you, right? Yeah. And, and I liked how I liked how you talked about it being like music and yeah. using you know the interpretation of it all. I always have thought of it as being. I, I grew up, or I kind of started as in like before I had my call, started out as a music, kind of started out as this idea I'd be a music educator. And so I was real, I was a clarinetist. And so I was really into jazz. And so I've always looked at it as my, uh, the text, the, the, the scripture is my lead sheet. Yeah. And, and, and that my improv off of that will ebb and flow depending on what the scripture is doing on me throughout the week or, you know, however long I've had to prepare on that. And it's amazing to see how that shapes and ebbs and flows through that. And the way that you talked about it, 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 it really made sense to me. I was like, wow, that, I'm glad somebody feels the same way that I do. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you, you're using it from the um, violinist perspective. And I was thinking like, you know, I, I really do like the, for me, it's about the jazz uh, sheet, the lead sheet that, you know, here's the solo, you know, here's what the chords are. Now you work within the chords to, yeah. to craft something. And, yeah. um, and it, I do really believe it's been fun to watch. Um, the last few years I've been able to do um, some things with local pastors and things and helping train them to preach and uh, giving that, um, that authority to be them. It's amazing to see how much they lighten up a little bit and, yeah. and yeah. being able to take that burden off of like that they have to be like, you know, a top tier preacher. And it's like, well, wow. that top tier preacher didn't just, it didn't just happen. You know, they had to live into that a little bit more. Yeah. I love the jazz analogy too, because it's, um, you know, I think sometimes people think that, you know, pre, uh, a really good preacher just kind of gets up there and it's sort of uh, inspired by the spirit and goes from there when in fact, those chords are the framework, right? They're the, they're the, um, as is it a piece of music, there's, there's some parameters and those parameters are the biblical text. And you're not just coming up with an interpretation, you know, um, just out of your head, but it's for the sake of a particular congregation. And so there are these sort of um, the chords within you, you know, within which you work um, that kind of guide that, but then you kind of leave, got to leave something up to the spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny because I've, I've been preaching now long enough, um, and um, I've had people ask me, you know, hey, you know, we really liked what you had said. Do you have your your you know Do you have your script for us? And like, um, I hand them my sheet, and it may have like three quotes on it and the Bible verse in the center. Like, well, this is this is my lead sheet, and so yeah, right. um, like you have to go back and listen to the recording again to to really get into what I you know to type out word yeah. for word. Yeah. Um, and that's just I think that's a growth in preacher. Um, I'd never advise anybody not to do that. Because <laughs> you need to, you know, you need to know where you're starting and where you're ending. Because if you don't know those two things, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you um, you said you curate the. Uh, I, I like the, you curate the working preacher website, and so you know that's been going on for a while now. So you know, share with those that maybe not know what that is. Um, yeah. Share a little uh, about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, workingpreacher.org uh, has been around now. We're in our eleventh year. Uh, started in uh, uh, 2007, and so just finishing up our 11th year, and uh, was uh, started with recognizing that um, working preachers need help. <laughs> and um, how is it that we? How is it that Luther Seminary could provide a, a website with uh, trusted uh, uh, commentary? Uh, commentary from a variety of, of different uh, folk out there. Um, it's not a Lutheran website. It's uh, ecumenical. And so we have people uh, 
going to the site from all over the world, literally, like literally, like in Antarctica, literally, um, visit the site. And so it has commentary, of course, uh, for each of the uh, revised common lectionary uh, texts. And uh, along with that, uh, we have a podcast, a weekly podcast, podcast called Sermon Brainwave that I co-host with uh, two of my colleagues here at Luther Seminary, Rolf Jacobson, who teaches Old Testament, and Matt Skinner, who teaches New Testament. And that's been going on 10 years now. And, uh, and I have never missed a podcast in 10 years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's awesome. That, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of podcasts, but uh, also on the site, there's um, articles on uh, the craft of preaching, you know, different subjects that uh, I think, you know, one thing I always recommend to my students is that, are you reading around in your craft? You know, what do, how do we think about what we do? And so there's articles. I write a weekly article called Dear Working Preacher. Uh, and then there's little videos, little preaching moment videos that about two to three minutes long that are just meant to kind of inspire and, and uh, you know, just get you to think about preaching differently uh, and or, you know, imaginatively. And then also on the site is the narrative lectionary, which was put together by uh, Rolf Jacobson, which is uh, uh, primarily focused the first part of the year you focus on. Uh, narrative texts in the Old Testament, tracing God's story, and then a focus uh, on one New Testament book, or a, a gospel, I should say, um, in the after Advent until Easter. So, you know, we've got commentaries from uh, all different denominations, all different uh, uh, representations throughout, um, certainly throughout the United States, and um, yeah, it's a great it's a great site, and feel really, uh, and and just a couple of that we have an app now, so we just kind of constantly keep like adding, um, adding things to it, uh, discussion questions, and uh, we now just launched working preacher books, so we have a um, we have now have a press, a publishing press that we are uh, doing with Fortress Press. And uh, the first book just came out, and that was Preaching the Old Testament by Walter Brueggemann. So not a bad, not a bad start to the, to the press. <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad you know, at all. No. We Go recognize ahead. that, you know, people still like books. Uh, and, you know, and so uh, this was a great opportunity to uh, bring some topics to preaching, you know, along in the spirit of working preacher. Um, but you can actually buy the book. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which I yeah. love. Matt, Matt and I just started our, or we're halfway through our fourth year of Bearded Theologians. And, uh, in, and man, to hit 10, 11 years on that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. And to not miss a week. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we're a weekly podcast and people tell us all the time, how do you do it every week? Well, when I you know. love it, who can, you know, it's yeah. just what we That's do. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there's something beautiful about sitting down and just having, having those conversations, Yeah, uh, sitting yeah. with colleagues, sitting with friends and, and unpacking where you are in those moments for that scripture. And I, I can't imagine over the, the 10 years of doing that podcast, 
you're what three cycles in right on the right. lectionary <laughs> and, and to come back around and be like okay we visited this you know a couple of years yeah. ago now where are we I, exactly. I yeah um, you know there's i you're not going to have the same conversation twice no. uh, which is super cool um and such a great resource and yeah. an example for for preachers and and mm-hmm. and lady in the same of Hey, when you approach scripture, scripture, approach it with right where you're at. Um, And in conversation too. I think that's, that's the other piece, you know, that you're not, uh, you know, when we first started out, I remember visiting, uh, going to some uh, retreat center in the middle of uh, North Dakota and just how grateful some of those preachers were because their closest text study was, was a hundred miles away. So, and they don't want to just sit there by themselves reading the scripture. And so listening into that conversation, it felt like they had a community, Mm -hmm. you know, gathered around the text and talking about the text and, um, and so much, you know, Rolf and Matt and I always say that even though we've been through these texts now three times, we still learn so much from each other and uh and how invaluable that is and uh because that you know that interpretation surfaces or comes out of that conversation Mm -hmm. uh and where you are like you said zach where you are at this particular time and place yeah Uh, it it all goes back to to what you're telling your your up-and-coming preachers right be be where you are be vulnerable in those moments you know and and just be present uh you know it's 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 frustrating sometimes in the Christian year when we go through and we're like, oh, okay, we're coming to this season again. How do I, how do I do this again? Just yeah. be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> just be there. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually when I go to- does a beautiful thing and speaks, right? That's usually when I go to their website and find out right. like, okay, so what are they saying now? Because <laughs> I feel like I've done this enough. And and, right. and that's what happened to me. It, it started out as the pastor I was working for, I was getting ready to preach one time and he said, hey, go to this website and they always have good commentary and stuff like that. So just go there. And then the podcasting, I mean, you guys were, I think you guys were some of the first in the podcasting yeah, realm. Yeah. And I was like, and I, so I've always, um, I've definitely been, I, I would say for 10 years, uh, pretty faithfully listening, oh. um, pretty regularly. Um, like I was telling you before we, um, we hit record, um, you know, it, it's good. The, the length of your podcast is, is perfect for me being in Oklahoma. Yeah. Cause I'm in like, usually I can get a podcast in when I have to go make a hospital visit or something and I can right. like, I can, oh, I need to go back. And there are times where when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is when I definitely have to like, you know, not delete and keep it on because I have to go back and, you know, what did they say? There was something in there that, that really, you know, just stuck and, and it will help. Yeah. I know it's going to help. And, and, and I think that that having those tools available for someone like, you know, me out, you know, and I've been in some rural places where having a, a text study of people that, you know, I feel like I can trust someone, you know, I can, you know, feel like it's going to be a good thing and not just, you know, a contest of um you know pastor masculinity because most time they're (laughs) male pastors um i i feel like i have a sense of just um some diversity that i wouldn't you know it's hard to find in in oklahoma Um, yeah 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 and and it and it uh you know it there's just what i think it does too it just emphasizes that this is a living word uh it's not you know it's not a static word that always means the same Um, and, and I, and, you know, and for me teaching preaching, one of the hard things has always been that I'm not in a regular call. Um, so my call actually is to 
specialized ministry and teaching preaching. And so I don't preach every week, but to have the texts in front of me every week, it, it keeps me honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. And so I'm actually practicing what I preach, if you will, you know, that I know what it is to look at these texts week in and week out. And uh, even though I'm not, you know, actually preaching on them. And, and so it, it, it just reminds you time and time again, that that God's word is living and active and uh, the ways in which, um, and I, I think for my students, it becomes so important because so much of what we need to be doing in preaching is communicating that the Bible is relevant <laughs> and it's relevant. It's, it, it has, it creates its own relevancy in that every single time you come to it, you're like, Oh, there's another thing that, I hadn't thought of or making another connection. So yeah, that's really, really important. Plus it's just fun to sit around and talk about text (laughs) in a geeky nerdy kind of way. But yeah. And I know it all doesn't happen in one take and everything goes perfect. You know, I I know that there's probably some editing and I would love to be a fly on the wall for the conversations (laughs) that really happened. Cause I know like for Zach and I, sometimes before we hit record, there's probably maybe an hour's worth of content that we could have, you know, like, yeah. Some of it, we're like, we're glad we're not hitting record here. Um, <laughs> and then some of it, you know, like, man, we, we should have hit record there. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I know that that, that kind of helps. Um, you also have a book out. And I mean, I know it's, it's been a while around for a while. And so do you want to share about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, the, the book, I think, uh, to which you're referring is uh, She, Five yes. Keys to Unlock the Power of Women in Ministry, published by your press, Abingdon. Uh, and it's, uh, came out in 2016, uh, also a, a participant guide and a facilitator guide and a DVD. Uh, it, it, it originated, uh, in actually I was teaching that class women in ministry kind of by accident, uh, here at Luther seminary and, uh, never had a textbook <laughs> really. I mean, I would just piece together all different kinds of things of, of issues that I thought uh, women, uh, my, you know, my women students needed to think about before going into the parish and, uh, and just recognizing that none of these issues are going away uh, anytime soon uh, when it comes to the challenges uh, for women in ministry. So uh, it kind of surfaced out, I needed a, you know, a textbook and um, it's uh, it's been a really positive experience and a really important book for a lot of a lot of women um, to uh, not to go into ministry with um, reactively but proactively, if you will, uh, to to know what to expect and uh, and I think sometimes we're surprised by uh, the kinds of reactions that are still uh, present in the church around sexism and misogyny and. And, uh, and so how do we navigate some of that um, in ways that are um, life-giving and not defensive? Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the book. I have another book coming out with Abingdon um, next year uh, on leadership, uh, embodiment and leadership, uh, and uh, also called Five Keys. <laughs> uh, but uh, thinking about leadership, particularly uh, from the perspective of um, theological and biblical terms. You know, the church tends to adapt and adopt a lot of leadership terminology that is secular, uh, which is fine and it's helpful, but how is it that we um, think about 
how is it that church's leadership is uh, distinctive in its theological and biblical foundations? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, working on that with Abingdon now. Nice. Uh, both of those are are very needed books. <laughs> um, I, I hear from our our uh, gosh our colleagues constantly of of crap that people in churches have said to them have oh, yeah. done to them and it's just heartbreaking of yeah. uh, I, I don't even have words uh, my apology is not enough because yeah. I have no idea I don't have to deal with this yeah. uh nonsense and uh the crap that just people that comes out of people's mouths uh it's that, quite astonishing sometimes <laughs> yeah and and I don't know having the conversation is so important and saying, Hey, here's, maybe you won't face this, but probably you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody's going to say something or mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. uh, that is incredibly inappropriate. And uh, here's how you handle this in a way that's uh, um, healthy. And yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it, it bless you for doing, <laughs> having um, that class. Thank you. And there's been a kind of a resurgence actually, uh, in the last year with the book, um, with regard to the Me Too mm-hmm. uh, movement and then Church Too. Mm-hmm. And so, hashtag Church Too. And so, uh, kind of coming back to some of the, um, some of the uh, topics of the book in terms of how do we, yeah, how do we uh, continue to navigate this reality that's, um, that's not really, yeah, it's not really going anywhere. It just, it, 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 right. it's still there. And, uh, and so I've been doing a lot of um, really, um, ho- you know, kind of facilitating a lot of really important conversations that brings everybody to the table and not just, not just women, you know, this is how you, this is what to expect. And this is what, you know, these are some techniques or tools, but how do we get men in that conversation as well mm-hmm. as um, for lack of a better term, allies uh, to or advocates to come alongside and say, Hey, no, this is uh, this is not okay. Or right. um, so that's that's an important conversation as well. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, oh, it so is. Yeah. And and your new one coming out, uh, leadership. I, my 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 background uh, outside of the church was business and, and management. And wow. uh, yeah, so much of what the church does, they're like, oh yeah, that's great. That's how things work. And then try to bring it in. It's like, yeah. Um, it doesn't yeah. work here, uh, no. or you have to adjust it, and <laughs> it's different. Uh, and so, yeah, the, both of those conversations are, are so oh, unbelievably nice. important. I'm looking uh, forward to that. I just think that, uh, you know, and just, I, you know, I teach in a seminary, and just listening to kind of um, other seminaries and other, you know, churches and, and the institutions of the talk, it, talk about what they're doing and how, how do we, but how do we really think about what leadership is besides, well, I'm really organized or I'm really good at administration or, you know, but what is that biblical and theological grounding um, that, that, and how critical integrity is um, when it comes to leadership in the church, that there's, that there's a continuity between your theological convictions and your leadership decisions. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. How you treat your staff and yeah, your church yeah, members and yeah. people. It's a continuity there. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> And I was shocked going through oh, seminary. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was shocked they're going through seminary that that wasn't something we were really equipped with. And yeah. then you're thrusted that, you know, most people are thrusted into a local church and they're like, oh, I have to manage the staff. 
I have no experience in doing that. And so then, so then you spend all your time and energy and money going to those things and trying to learn how to do all that stuff. I mean, and just spinning your wheels, but to have some kind of resource, to have a resource that actually, you know, maybe we can get that in our hands, get the, in the hands of people that are starting out before they're in those situations where they, you know, and I think that that's where a lot of our burnout comes from. Yeah, it yeah. is from having to do things that we weren't really thinking we were, you know, like, you know, that's not what my call is. I'm not a, you know, I'm not called to administration and, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, I think that that having that tool would be, I think that says I'm really excited to, to I, that is definitely on my, I will add that to my list of books oh. to buy. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that that's, that's key. Cause I, I think far too often we, we are not resourced enough on that kind of leadership We're resourced oh. on like, I mean, any kind of leadership book, you know, that that's kind of on most pastor shelves in some way, shape or form, but to actually have something that thinks from a theological perspective, you know, there are, those are few and far between. And some of those books um, are not really good books to to, to look at and read. Um, When I, I taught at um, a a small private Christian college here in Oklahoma, and I taught a class on biblical leadership and um, the resources for it weren't as healthy or as fruitful as I would have liked. And so, you know, we did something a little bit different, but um, definitely would never recommend those books for anybody going into ministry. Um, but definitely, um, yeah, yours sounds like something I could definitely um, share and oh, thanks. Uh, point in the well, direction. I think the fruit of that conversation is there's got to be a consistency right. between getting up in the pulpit and saying, hey, we're, we're here to love God and love people, right? Yeah. And, and then coming out of the pulpit and not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that you're right. Everything that you learn in the business world is do this, this, and this, here are the best practices, lead your team like this, be, be, be this person here yeah. and be this leader over here. And when we right. take a look at the church, our leadership is coming from the pulpit. Yeah, first. exactly. Uh, or at least should be right. right. Um, I don't think you start from the office. I don't think you start in staff meetings. I think you start in the pulpit and yeah. you come down from there. And if your leadership is not consistent, uh, if you're saying love God and love people or, you know, whatever it is that you're saying in the pulpit and you come down and you don't model that in your staff meetings, you don't model that in your office when people come and sit down, yeah. you're missing the boat. Yeah. And there's not a, there's not a church leadership book on my shelf that's talking about that. It's yeah. talking, okay. they've Good. taken best practices of business yeah. and have brought it into the world of the church and not yeah. changed a damn thing. Exactly. And they're missing the boat. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I've done a lot of research in the last year about digital uh leadership Ah. and there's not the church is not doing it well uh Uh, we're doing things in digital leadership but we're not doing it well and we've taken the best practices of businesses which they've taken the best practice of physical meetings right (laughs) digital in the title and the churches are like oh this is no mm -mm, that's not it's not the same It's not the same. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We can't carbon copy that from the secular world and think it's going to work for the church. Mm-hmm. The consistency is not there. Yeah. And then, and like I said earlier, like, how is it that, how is it that leadership in the church is distinctive? It's not, it's not, it's not to say one is better than the other. It's just that there should be something about how there should be some, the, some way in which we as leaders in the church ground our decision-making and our vision and all of those, you know, uh, leadership terminologies in some sort of theological 
conviction or commitment mm -hmm. um, that 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 really is the basis for why we make the decisions that we do uh, why why are we doing this as a church and not just and not just best practices that's right. Yeah, or or yeah, that has it has to have some sort of theological imagination. So that's what I'm trying out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> well, we'll have to have, when when that book comes out, we'll have you back on. You can you can definitely awesome. Uh, yeah, um, and that will only help us with our attempt at having a relationship with Abby and, <laughs> and trying to get something uh, done with them. Um, and so you know, we can say, look, we're pushing more of your authors again. And so um, you know. Uh, and so we thank you for your time. Uh, we know that you uh, have a busy schedule like everybody. Um, yeah. And um, thank you for coming on and talking with us about all your stuff. Yeah. And we'll have uh, links to everything uh, that she's talked about uh, on our website at beardedtheologians.com where you can um, pick up a sweet coffee mug because it's getting, uh, it's around the Father's Day time period. Oh, and, nice. Um, okay. You know, uh, get your dear old dad or that man in your life uh, a nice bearded theologian's mug. Or if you want to just play a joke on somebody that doesn't have a beard, say, hey, here's a, here's a mug for you. Uh, feel free to pick that up. Um, and so for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.